Hi there and welcome. Now it's time for America's favorite podcast. Leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. If it's fly, loose fit it. It's Cortez. If freeze and chubbies in it. It's Cortez. Leave your mark. It's about inspiring the world. One guess at a time. Pass the word from Brooklyn to Pittsburgh, from urban to suburb. It's Cortez, you heard? And here is our host, Vince Cortez. This is Leave Your Mark. I am Vince Cortez, and today's guest is Marchi Sadek Reyes. He is a cancer patient. He resides in Abracero, Puerto Rico. And he is a music producer, DJ Vampiro, songwriter, poet, and an AWS cloud consultant. He's known for his artistic skills and his battle with brain cancer. He is also an Instagram extraordinaire and a TikTok entertainer. Sadiq, thank you for being here today. I'm so interested in you sharing your story with thanks. us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's it's nice to be here. And just wanted to make a quick correction. I live in Rockville, Maryland, but I am from Arecibo, Puerto Rico. <laughs> I was born there. So Okay. <laughs> see, see, you're almost a northerner. Yeah. Then. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm actually not too far from you. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, not too far at all. You a Ravens fan? I, I, I am not. I am. Uh, I'm actually a very neutral person when it comes to sports, and my friends always question me okay, about yeah, that. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the people, yeah, at the end of the day, Puerto Rico upbringing, yeah, these people in America get a little crazy about their home yeah, teams. Yep. Being from Pittsburgh, I, I I can relate to that. So let's get into this. Your, your childhood began in Puerto Rico and share a little bit about your family life. Sure. I'll kind of do a, a quick, uh, you know, recap, I guess. Um, so I was actually, yeah, I was born in Arecibo, Puerto Rico. Um, I immediately uh, was moved to um, the Dominican Republic. And there I was, uh, I was raised for a few years. And my childhood is far from orthodox, right? So like I, I actually, you know, uh, went from PR to, which is Puerto Rico, to the Dominican Republic. Then we moved to the Bronx, to New York. Um, and then I moved over to, uh, to Lynn, Massachusetts, spent some time there. And, uh, and I mean, I could go on for 20 minutes about this. So I actually moved around quite wow. a bit and, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. And, you know, uh, I grew up as a, you know, a troublemaker, definitely without sugarcoating it. And, um, so I was just moving from place to place, you know, kind of jumping around and was in South Beach. And I mean, literally, Vince, I could talk about this forever. So I'm going to kind of pause there. It was kind of like the childhood was okay. a little all over the place. So, Okay. So now you work your way through high school and we're getting ready for the work world. What was your first uh, toe in the water on that? So um, I actually, so I dropped out of school at the age of 13 um, and I got my GED. Right. And uh, so I'm actually self-taught. I consider myself an autodidact. Right. And um, most of my friends are well-educated MBAs and that sort of thing. I just we speak the same language. Right. Um, but uh, so at the age of 18, I actually uh, started selling power wheelchairs, power mobility devices. Um, I was a 1099 contractor for about four or five companies. Uh, one of those was actually wow. uh, Nextel. Um, so I, I used to sell uh, uh, pretty large size deals of when Nextel and Blackberries were kind of booming right in that era. So that you have an idea uh, of there. And, um, and I, uh, I actually joined my a good buddy of mine for a uh, general contracting firm that he had. And I helped uh, be his operations guy and salesman. So um, I spent some time doing that as well. And 
Um, so the beginning of my career into work, right, was actually a combination of different types of work. So, <laughs> yeah. Now, how how long did you uh, do this um, business with the uh, your friend of yours? And your... So it was about. Did you do that? Sorry, good. Go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, it's a uh, for. I would say that was about uh, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. I was doing that concurrently with you know, uh, a few other business ventures that I had at the time that I just mentioned. So you're, um, you're widely skilled with the experience of moving around in your youth. So, uh, moving forward, how did you like make it? Cause you're, you're 37 years old now and you got some, uh, experience in the real world under your belt. So how, where did, did you move around again or, uh, where did you land and what happened next? I think where I actually got the, the breadth of, of, you know, my experience and my skills was actually, uh, I was an experiential marketer and I would, um, set up guerrilla marketing, um, events, uh, for a, a, uh, for a large marketing company. Um, so I, I got my experience in working with, you know, larger tech companies, um, automotive companies and, um, industrial companies, just many, many different types of companies. So I was exposed at, at a young age to um, a variety of types of people um, from the C-suite to, um, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, layman, so to speak. Right. So, uh, you know, for me, um, that experience was uh, invaluable because I got to connect with different kinds of personalities and people. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Be our friend on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You are listening to Vince Cortez. We just want you to leave your mark. Now, along the way here, you're picking up some serious skills. And these are jobs that are usually associated with this fellow who's got a GED. So, obviously, you're a smooth talker. You know how to interview well, or you, you know how to make connections very quickly. So kind of share with me how these experiences roll into you being a Renaissance man. Yeah. I think the, the key thing here for me is, um, you know, uh, I know how to really just connect with people, you know, kind of, as you mentioned, you know, strategic partnerships, um, and acting as a liaise for companies has been my thing, right. And being a salesman, um, and learning how to connect with people, um, and not just on a surface level, just understanding what different peoples are like, different personality types, different styles of folks, you know, different personas. Um, that's, it's just came natural. Right. Um, and, uh, so I think that was a, a key thing. Um, in, you know, when it comes to Renaissance, man, I mean, I decided I wanted to start making music at the age of 25 and, and within six months, I was full time. You know, I was I quit my job and I did that for about nine or 10 years. Right. Um, oh, wow. So you got a career going on now. Yeah. So I did that. I stopped. Yeah. So I stopped doing the music thing about four, four, uh, maybe five or six years ago now. Um, but uh, yeah, so I did spend some time traveling, you know, done bands, warp tour and a lot of, you know, um, big tours traveled with Disturbed and all this random stuff that you would never imagine somebody like me would do. So. <laughs> Well, you seem to have a good grip on what it is you want to do within your travels. Now, all your experience comes in. Um, how long ago did you find out you had cancer? So um, actually, it was about uh, I remember this because it was around, you know, um, four year mark of me, you know, uh, being sober from, you know, uh, alcohol. And uh, it was on April 12th. So. 
um, was kind of having a quasi celebrate celebration with some friends of mine. And um, I remember as I was talking to a friend of mine and I just felt, you know, like they call it auras or premonitions of seizures. And I felt just strange. Um, and I usually take my blood pressure um, on a daily basis just because I noticed that. And it could have been job related. Who knows? Right. But I felt like my mm -hmm. blood pressure was higher. So I started monitoring that with my primary care doctor. And um, so, you know, that that I went to the hospital that evening, the emergency room, and I found out um, that I had a mass um, and a lesion is what they were calling it. They kept me in the hospital overnight and uh, the actual radiologist came in. Um, and, you know, mentioned that I actually had, uh, what they could, that they thought it was glioblastoma, um, because of the way that the contrast looked right. So, <laughs> and then for the audience, where's geoglastoma? Glioblastoma is considered now, now that I think who has changed the way the grades are, um, that would be, uh, you know, a very difficult to treat cancer, um, a brain cancer, um, in particular, typically a, a primary, uh, brain tumor. And um, it's very difficult to, to, to be treated, right? This is the thing that Kennedy passed away from and a lot of other folks. Um, and you have a very short timeline, um, typically, right? In, the, in this world, uh, you know, the prognosis isn't the greatest, right? Um, yeah. Now, when you find out you cancer, this is always an interesting. What was your initial thought when he told you you had a lesion in your brain? And it could be cancerous. So um, it was, it, I had a whirlwind of emotions going on. Um, one, the one part was learning about this, um, being recently engaged, feeling like my life was just, you know, um, I've always done fairly well. And uh, my friends considered me to be successful. I felt like I've been successful uh, most of my life. Um, but I just, you know, I just got engaged and, you know, I moved into this beautiful house and these sorts of things. And I just felt like I had a lot more work to do. Um, so I was overwhelmed. Um, uh, you know, I think that, you know, for me, I, I'd never once said, why me? You know, why did this happen to me? I, I actually at the hospital, I remember thinking like, I mean, I, I, I've always been one of those people that would think like, which one of my friends is going to get this terminal illness? Somebody's going to get something here soon, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, you know, <laughs> for me being the person that I am, I was like, why not me? You know, um, go figure like the guy that's been through all kinds of stuff. <laughs> so yeah, it was a tense. Well, you're battle tested at that point more than you, you would know. So, um, with this being a small window, what was your initial steps as far as taking action against this? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great question. So what I actually, um, you know, so there was a couple options that I was given. One was kind of sit and wait and monitor. Um, the other one was, uh, you know, have, I couldn't really necessarily get a biopsy, which is where they kind of identify what's going on. Um, you know, determine what kind of cancer it is, what kind of mutation and, you know, determine the path to, to treat this. Right. And, um, so, uh, what I decided to go with was have surgery. It's an awake, um, brain surgery. They call it an awake craniotomy where I'm actually awake and conscious and I'm talking to the, you know, anesthesiologists, I'm talking to the surgeons, um, and the nurses. And um, they're asking me these kinds of questions. So um, just to kind of test my functionality, because my tumor um, is located in my left frontal lobe, and that's where kind of my core motor functions, speech. Um, I'm bilingual, so they had to do a fu functional MRI to determine where that sat in my brain. You know, um, is it, you know, where's my Spanish kind of ringing, you know, the, the bell, so to speak, when they're asking me questions. 
Um, and then where's, you know, the, where's the English and, you know, um, when I, I, you know, move my hands, where's that, where's that kind of located? And, um, so anyway, uh, you know, kind of fast forward along, that's, that's what we ended up doing was having the awake, awake craniotomy. And there was a lot of risks going into that surgery. Right. And I think that for anyone that's had experience with, um, cancer or any kind of major surgery, these, uh, you know, they'll give you the, you know, what's the most common, um, post-surgery and then what's, uh, you know, very, you know, uh, you know, the least chance of, you know, these things occurring, but still a risk. So they have to voice that to you. So, um, I actually ended up, uh, you know, they said I, maybe I couldn't speak anymore. Um, I wouldn't talk the same way oh, or man. think, um, as sharp, you know, um, I'm a multitasker wow. and they were like, maybe you can't do as much. Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the gist of that. pre So that operation then from when you found out, what was the time span on that? Um, so Couple April months? 12th, um, we moved fairly quickly. April 12th is when I found out. I sent an email to Johns Hopkins uh, on the 13th. Uh, I was in surgery on April 30th. Wow. Yeah. If you are listening from Australia, Florida, or just from around the corner, from East Coast to West Coast outlets, if you're not to the dirty South straight, make a left and contact us. Leave your mark with your host, Vince Cortez. Okay, so that's not really a lot of time to kind of study up on what you're going to go. What you just described was extremely heavy. Yeah. Being Having someone working or tinkering with your brain well, you're conscious. So that, that in itself is a unique operation. How long did that last? It was about a, uh, including the time to, ch uh, with, to check in with the anesthesiologist and get the IV and that sort of thing. It was about a five and a half hours. Yeah. In and out. Now, how was your recovery coming out of Oof, that? Rough. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, when I got out and no one told me, you know, that I was going to have a urinary catheter. I've never had a major surgery, right. I've yet to. And so yeah. I had this oh, wow. urinary catheter. No one explained that to me. And I, I just, the day that I, you know, I got out of surgery on a, on the, on May 2nd. And, um, and I remember thinking to myself, like, this is, this is intense. And, and I was pumped full of all kinds of drugs. And, um, I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, any mood altering substances. And, uh, and, and my main goal was to kind of get off of that stuff. But, um, so when I left the hospital, I remember my fiance and I, uh, we, we ended up, uh, she ended up picking me up. Um, and she was with me most of the time, but they let her go downstairs first, get the car, pull it up front. And I remember like, it felt like I could be pushed and I would fall. So you were an outpatient? No. Um, so I was in the hospital, you know, at post-surgery and then, um, I was there for two days. So April 30th through, uh, I believe it was, uh, May 2nd. And, um, Wow. So I, uh, I got out of there very quickly cause I was just ready to yeah, walk around. Did. I mean, the same night that I got out of surgery, I was joking, cracking jokes and walking around the hospital. So, <laughs> so in that, inside of that surgery, they removed the tumor then, or did they treat the tumor? Like what happened? Yeah. So that's uh, a great question. I mean, when we, uh, so the bi the purpose of the biopsy was to determine whether they would operate it and try to remove some or kind of determine the plan of action. So the, the neurosurgeon, I kind of gave him the, uh, you know, the right, so to speak, to, you know, make a decision that, you know, that made the most sense based off of whatever data he's experienced in the past and um, whatever experience that he's had. So he actually, uh, you know, ended up removing everything that he could see, which is a great news, right? Um, but with these kinds of brain tumors, it's kind of tough um, because, you know, even at the perimeter of the tumor, there's... They get tentacles on Yeah, them. exactly. Exactly right. Yep. They have tentacles. 
And um, so they uh, they decided that what we we're going to do post surgery was um, get into some uh, proton radiotherapy along with uh, uh, concurrent with uh, chemotherapy, Temodar. So then at that point, uh, there's no decision to go inside your head again. So you, are you done with that yes. part? Uh, you know, um, as of right now, yes, that's a, <laughs> that part is behind so me. I think to your benefit, that happened so quickly from the diagnosis to the operation. Um, sometimes things of this seriousness of matter, it's better to not overthink it. Exactly. Uh, listening to you, you're, you have a very crisp mind. So the idea that you've gone through this, and you sound as sharp as you do mentally, it, it's a true testament to the operation you received. Now, what kind of treatments are you currently doing now? Yeah, so um, I just, I completed my first round um, of uh, proton radiotherapy um, and along with the uh, chemotherapy, which is Temodar. So it's an oral um, uh chemo pill that they they give to patients you know that have brain cancers and is that what was the first one you mentioned is that the same as in a pill too or is that iv what the uh proton proton so actually proton radiotherapy is uh just radiation Uh, it's a different kind of radiation and if anybody that's listening wants to google it check it out you know photon versus proton it's just two different techniques is that the one that the you had the mask made because we see you on instagram that's right in some elaborate space looking thing <laughs> with this mesh net on your face yeah. i i did a couple of head mris i i, I couldn't take that I, I i i was looking at you and it brought back memories of that i'm like god bless him that's that's top. yeah so it, it's because it, there's a point at which when there isn't any pain anymore it's all mental yep. and you're very emotionally headstrong. I can tell just talking to you and listening to your background. So this is, this is extremely exciting. So how much more treatment do you have moving forward? Um, so as far as uh, treatment, so I did the six weeks of concurrent, um, you know, radiation along with the chemo. And then I just finished an, my second round. Uh, so, you know, uh, hopefully, <laughs> And it's in God's hands. Uh, you know, I don't need to do any more radiation. Super intense. And um, but uh, so I, I just completed a five. Uh, my new uh, it's like about six to 12 cycles. And the cycles are five days on and 28 days off. So I just completed my second um, cycle. And uh, and, you know, and that's basically a, a double dose and which goes into a triple dose of the oral chemotherapy pill. Um now you're looking then around, say maybe February of next year, to being finished with this. That's correct, and that's as long as my body can tolerate um, the the medication. And they, it's a precaution that the these uh, that the doctors and you know the oncology team likes to take. And um, you know they're they're feeling very positive about um, you know my prognosis and the diagnosis that I have. Uh, but uh, they like to take it as a precaution because, you know, um, the data, it, there is supporting data to, um, you know, although they see that, you know, this has been helpful, um, it's still great to treat this, you know, the way that they plan to. This is awesome. I, I mean, you, your, um, your mental capacity and your strength is, is just apparent. If you have a story to share, tell us how are you going to leave your mark? Contact us, leave your mark with our host, Vince Cortez, be our guest. 
what I want to do is, is I want to talk a little bit about where you're, where you're at on the creative side. You said you were engaged. Uh, you got getting ready to get married here soon. Um, I love, I love your music on there. I'd like, I like the sample or put some of this on the backside of this podcast so some people can hear what you're doing and promote your TikTok and stuff. So kind of fill me in on getting back into life and how you're approaching it and what's going on and what's next. Sure. Yeah. Um, that, that's a, that's a great question. So, you know, as far as, um, it's like multi-part here. So I'll actually answer, you know, from, from a artist perspective, you know, from the, you know, Sadek, you know, the music. Um, so for, you know, the nine or 10 years that I did do music, I was an electronic music producer, um, who ended up getting into, you know, some rap and country and rock and that sort of thing, uh, for production. Uh, I actually took a break from music for, uh, for about the five years, you know, um, and, uh, and just, you know, was inspired by this, uh, by the cancer, right. To go back. It, it was, it was a healthy break I needed from music. I took a break. Things got a little, if anybody's traveled or been on the road doing music for years, it's like, it gets a little intense sometimes. So kind of got lost in that a little oh, yeah. bit. And, uh, so I took a break and I wanted to develop a, a healthier relationship with music. And I wasn't sure if that was going to mean, you know, just focus on, uh, you know, m music syncing for movies or licensing again or that sort of thing. And um, so I'm actually building out my studio again now. I actually just yesterday ordered my carpet for my room upstairs and um, I still have all my studio equipment. So uh, definitely want to make some songs that are uh, more aligned to, uh, you know, um, not, I'm not going to just make, you know, cancer music. Right. But you know, uh, <laughs> music that is inspirational. Um, and so right. that's, that's that aspect of there, you know, as far as the music and, um, you know, as far as the, you know, the, the TikTok and the, you know, I have a brand called Regis Philbin, uh, you know, God rest, you know, may, may Regis, Regis Philbin rest in peace. But I actually, um, you know, uh, was very inspired as a kid, you know, watching Regis and Kathy Lee and that sort of thing. And, um, you know, for me, uh, it, it's just, you know, I think that we should laugh a little bit uh, at, you know, some of the hardships and not just cancer, you know, any kind of adversity that anybody's facing or dealing with. Um, I think it's important to laugh and smile and love your friends, love your family, allow that love to come into our lives and to also inspire folks. Right. Um, my I've always been considered and that's, you know, from my friends they are like, man, you're, you're so inspirational. When I was doing sales, they're like, you should do music or something, movies or something like, you know, like yeah. you're always so energetic and um, and. They could feel your creativity. Exactly. And and I didn't know until I was 25 years old that, I mean, I was a break dancer growing up and stuff. You know, I was a B-boy and I, uh, yeah, it's, in you it's been in time. me. Right. And um, so I, I, you know, the Regis Filming brand, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to to do some reviews and some some great stuff coming up, which is awesome. Right. Um, for the Amazon Halo band that I have and all these great things. Right. Um, but uh, the key thing is, you know, um, cancer sucks. Right. But. I don't look at it. I don't think that every day. Right. I might I might post about that saying, yeah, cancer sucks and blah, blah, blah. But I'm always saying, you know, the underlying tone of, you know, for me uh, is is like just be positive and we're going to get through this together. And it takes all of us to fight cancer, not just cancer patients, you know, or cancer survivors or thrivers or whatever you choose to call it, cancer warrior. Uh, but it takes, a, you know, your family, your friends, the support. And we have to let our family love us and our friends support us. You know, this is outstanding. So. I have to ask, did diamonds come? How would you like to leave your mark in this world? Uh, right now, what's at the forefront of my mind is uh, this Regis Filmin brand and just really writing, um, you know, about cancer and what it's like. 
And I'd like to leave, you know, um, what I was looking for when I got diagnosed with cancer was just like a, you know, someone that just put everything out there and organized it, right? Like you get diagnosed with cancer. Here's, you know, my, here's my options. Here's kind of what I did. Right. So I, 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 I'm actually working on doing that, you know, um, talking about, you know, what it's like when you get diagnosed with cancer, the different feelings, you know, the fear, it's okay to cry, right? Like, you know, you have to have some time to mourn, um, but you got to kind of put a time limit on that stuff, right? Just like anything else. So um, I think that's the key thing for me is, um, is actually just um, continuing to leave my mark that way. Um, you know, leaving that lasting impression on folks when they see me, they're like, you had surgery when? And I'm like, you know, it's one, the grace of God that I'm here. Um, two, the chances weren't, you know, I don't, having an awake surgery of any kind is intense. And so when I tell people about that, they're like, whoa, what is that? You know, um, but mm -hmm. everything is going to be cataloged, you know, um, uh, you know, while I'm still here, you know, and and I, and I hope to just kind of, you know, um, help some people get that inspiration. Right. Like if it's not cancer for you, if it's something else or, you know, you got some troubles in your family or whatever it is, just know that there's people that are going through it. And some are more willing to voice it than others. And I, and I hope to give people a platform to do the same as well. Lastly, is there a wedding date? So tentatively right now, um, it's looking like May uh, of 2022. Um, that wow. is the plan for, uh, you know, for a smaller kind of more, you know, immediate family, um, you know, wedding. And then we're do a reception, you know, we're targeting August of 2022. Now that is all uh, really dependent on COVID and all these things that are kind of going on in life. Yeah, there's a lot of variables. Yeah. Right and now. you know how I'm reacting to treatment and all these things, but, um, you know, we're, we're, that's the plan right now. And, um, we're going to stick to it. <laughs> so Dick, you're a pleasure. I was so glad we had the opportunity to speak with you. Uh, Likewise. the inspiration that you want to be, you truly are. Um, unbelievable amount of talent gigantic heart tremendous courage i can't thank you enough you're a great example of how to address this head on that's awesome thank you so much and it's great to hear that and it's great to for you to have me on the show and um you know much love to you appreciate it vince well we're gonna get all your information will be posted on the podcast and links so these folks can catch up with you on TikTok and Instagram and follow you and see what's going on in your journey and dealing with this. And we wish you the best. We'll be praying for you and stay blessed. Thank you so much. And likewise, much love to you and much love to everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Leave Your Mark today. Tune into our next episode of Leave Your Mark with Vince Cortez. Be blessed. You just left your mark. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Listen to more episodes on demand. Just click leave your mark with Vince Cortez. <laughs>